And we are pleased to be joined now. You can check out his great work over at Wisconsin.golf, where uh, he had a great piece about the passing of Herb Kohler. Um, it's our friend Gary D'Amato. Gary, thank you so much for taking some time and talking with us. Yeah, Gabe, Stephen, happy to be on. So you got to know Herb. You covered him for a number of years when you were at the Journal Sentinel and, and, and as you continued career at, at Wisconsin.golf. What is the biggest memory? What's the lasting memory that you have of Herb Kohler? You know, it, it's a lot of things. I guess, you know, he was such a charismatic guy when he had such a uh, distinctive look and, and voice and laugh that when he walked in a room, he just commanded a room just by his presence. Um, I, there's so many little anecdotes and stories from over the years, my interactions with him. I remember he told one great story about how he was leaving a Duke's course one day that, they, uh, that the Kohler Company owns in Scotland and saw a sign that was crooked pointing to the course and it was it was like uh, over a ditch, and he tried to um, straighten the sign and fell into the ditch, and it was a water-filled ditch, and he couldn't get out. And when he finally crawled his way out of the ditch, he was late for a tea time at the old course, so he jumped in the shower with all his clothes on, <laughs> ran out to the first tee, and he was playing with Tim Fincham and some big shots from, from TV, and uh, he made a hole-in-one on the 11th hole. Um, and when he told that story, I mean, that was just such a funny story. Um, he was a good storyteller. Gary, um, put simply, how or what does Herb Kohler mean to Wisconsin golf? You know, his impact, I think, was just enormous. I, you know, I, I think I called him in my column that he was the most influential and important figure in Wisconsin golf history. And I really believe that, you know, if he didn't build those four courses up there, and hopefully a fifth on the way up in up in Kohler and Sheboygan County, you know, I'm not so sure we have a, a bog and an Aaron Hills and a bull at Piner's Farms and a Sand Valley, and I'm not sure so sure that we get well. We definitely don't get all those championships that came up to Kohler, and maybe some of, and because there'd be no other courses um, of of note in our state, we wouldn't be getting all the championships that we've gotten at at some of these other courses too. So. You know, and all the tourism dollars he brought into our state, all the local businesses that profited from from the championships coming here, just just enormous, um, just enormous. He's got a huge legacy. Talking with Gary D'Amato of Wisconsin.golf, you can read his great column on the passing of Herb Kohler over at Wisconsin.golf. In the in the column, you call him your friend. You you say he you developed a friendship with him over the years. How were you able to do that? Because. I mean, I only met him a couple of times, Gary, and he's such an intimidating presence. You're calling him Mr. Kohler, and yet you were able to really develop a great relationship with him. You know, I was. I think I think at first he was, you know, when I was a reporter for the Journal Sentinel, I think he was a little guarded with me at first when, when he was building his golf courses. But as time went on, I think he could see, I think he saw that he could, he could trust me and that I was fair, um, hopefully, with my reporting. Um, and... You know, we just had a lot in common, I guess. Our mutual love of the golf of game uh, of the game of golf was was number one. He really loved the game. I mean, he was a latecomer to the game. He didn't play golf until he was well into his fifties and building golf courses. But he he became a very avid player, and I think he could sense that that I felt the same way about golf. And I think that's what sort of you know we were we close? No, we were we certainly weren't close. But um, but I would definitely call him a friend. I had a lot of. A lot of interviews with him over the years that really became one-hour conversations, um, and, and I, I really cherished uh, the, the times that I did get to spend with him. 
There's nothing like a, uh, a short response from Herb Kohler. They don't exist <laughs> whenever you're talking to Herb. Um, right. Gary, from all of the work you did covering the Ryder Cup in Wisconsin, did you get a sense of just what that meant to him to pull that off and to witness it in person and how much that would have meant to him? It was, you know, it was definitely, I think, his biggest accomplishment in golf, um, you know, uh, after the building of the golf courses. He, he got championships, he got PGA championships and U.S. Women's Opens, but the Ryder Cup is a global event. You know, it's it's broadcast in hundreds of countries. It, the world pays attention to it. And he brought that spotlight on, on little, you know, Kohler slash Sheboygan, Wisconsin. He was very proud of that. And, um, and it's also, you know, it's a huge revenue producer for both the PGA of America and for the Kohler company. So, um, from that aspect, it was it was very big to him. But but more than that, I think he just loved that he was able to bring this world renowned event to Wisconsin. He was very proud of that. Talking with Gary D'Amato, Wisconsin Golf is where you can find Gary's column on the passing of Herb Kohler, the giant in the Wisconsin golf community. And Gary, one of my favorite Herb Kohler stories has to do with our mutual friend Homer. Uh, so we had the Wisconsin Sports Awards were up in Kohler at Herb's properties for a couple of years uh, back in the middle part of last decade. And backstage at one of the events, Homer's talking with Herb and asks Herb to rank the four courses. And Herb goes, well, that's like ranking your kids. Do you rank your kids? And Homer goes, yep, and we listed them off, one, two, three, like, like just like that. <laughs> Expecting that then he would get an answer from Herb, and Herb instead just shook his head and walked away, and then later saw Homer and goes, oh, hey, it's the guy who ranks his kids. Um, if you had to rank the four courses on property at Black Wolf Run in Whistling Straits, how would you rank them? Wow, that, that, that is a tough one, but I think you have to go with Whistling Straits number one just because of how dramatic it is right on the lake there and because of the championships it's hosted. And then I suppose you put the river course number two. It's um, it's so beautiful out there and, of course, played a huge role um, in the U.S. Women's Opens in 1998 and 2012. And then, you know, it's kind of a toss-up, I think, between Meadow Valleys and Irish course. They're both, they're both really good, but I would put Meadow Valleys, I think it's more playable than the Irish course, more fun to play maybe. And, uh, but when I say that, and I say I'm ranking the Irish course, you know, fourth or last among his courses, it's still pretty dang good. Gary, any word on the fifth course? You know, I think it's going to happen. You know, the Kohler company is involved, has been involved, as a lot of people know, in a prolonged legal battle. There have been some some courtroom um, battles that have that Kohler has fought and won. Kohler's lawyers, Kohler company's lawyers. There's still a couple more issues that I think have to be resolved, but I I do believe it's it's going to happen. It is company-owned land, and the sticking point was an easement that the company asked for through uh, Kohler Andre State Park, and in return they were there was a mitigation in which they were giving you know the state back some some acres. So, uh, you know I think it's going to happen. Um, my big my big question is who's going to finish the course at Heat Die started. I, I can't wait to see what happens with that, and that's going to be an ongoing story over the next couple of years here. You mentioned Pete Dye as we talk with Gary D'Amato about the passing of Herb Kohler. You can check out his column at wisconsin.golf. What was the relationship between Pete and Herb like? Because it was Herb's money, it was Herb's vision, but it was Pete who brought those properties to life. Well, they were at times uh, at odds early on. Um, Herb, Herb, I think, almost fired him a couple times when they were building the first course. Uh, there was a famous story in which, you know, 
Herb told Pete not expressly forbade him to cut down a stand of trees because Herb, uh, Herb was an environmentalist and a conservationist. He, he loved the outdoors. And there was a stand of trees that Pete wanted to take down, and Herb said, absolutely not. Well, Herb went out to the course later in the day. Pete was long gone, and there, there were stumps where the trees were, and there was a, a fire. You know, the, the trees were all burning in a pile. And he almost fired them then and there. But, you know, over the years, I think they became very close. They were they were really like brothers at the very end, you know, before Pete passed away. Um, they had a mutual respect and, I would say, love for each other. Gary, when was the last time you had an opportunity to talk to Herb? I talked to him at the Ryder Cup um, on the last day, on Sunday. Um, I was ushered into the Kohler Hospitality Chalet, and Herb was watching um, the Ryder Cup on a big screen TV, And but he was kind of dozing. It had been a really big week for him, obviously, and they kind of nudged him awake and said, Gary's here, and he brightened up, and we had a chat for about 20 minutes. I saw him earlier this year at the Golf Riders Association uh, annual dinner in Augusta, and he was in a, in a wheelchair and looking pretty frail, and I was concerned at that point you know, about his health, um, but, but I didn't really talk to him that night. I, so the last time was, was at the Ryder Cup. Gary, what are you going to appreciate most about your friendship with Herb? You know, just that he confided in me, that he trusted me, um, and that I knew, you know, a lot of people couldn't get to him. And In fact, I was told that about a year and a half ago, I did the last one-on-one interview with him. Um, he basically stopped doing them after the one he did with me for the book I wrote on the Ryder Cup. But um, I really cherish the fact that he, um, you know, he entrusted me. He gave me, you know, I had a cell phone number. Not that I, I would ever call him, you know, in the middle of the day to say hi. But there were a couple times I called him for important issues, and he was, uh, he, he got back to me. And I just, uh, I'm just thankful that uh, for everything he did for golf in Wisconsin. Gary, I know you're a busy guy. You're covering the Wisconsin State Senior Open today out at uh, at Hidden Glen. So, I hope the wind's not blowing too much and, and you're able to actually, you know, it doesn't knock you over anything because the wind can just get brutal out there. Uh, but we, yeah, appreci- <laughs> we appreciate the time and, and you jumping on to talk about, um, as you called them, and, and I, after reading your, your column, I have a hard time disputing it, the most influential sports uh, golf figure in, in the history of Wisconsin golf. Yeah, thanks a lot, guys. Happy to do this. Thanks for having me on.